0: Hello and welcome to Sabbath School Quarterly Commentary. This is your pure gold commentary podcast. And as the name suggests, this is a commentary, it's not a study guide. So grab your study guide if you're not driving or running while listening to us. My name is Morgan Vincent, and in this week's episode, we have David Bertelsen to discuss the theme of Resurrections Before the Cross. David, welcome, and yeah, thank you for for joining today.
1: Thanks for the invitation, Morgan.
0: Hey, look, David, we've had some good conversations uh, over the last few years, and yeah, I'm looking forward to... Yeah, our conversation and discussion today—we've uh, been building already on previous weeks of essentially the good news of the gospel. Even though sin came into the world, death came into the world, God was still bringing gospel, good news through that. And today is going to be no different because we're going to be looking at different instances and examples in this in the Bible uh in particular the Hebrew um, you know Bible uh, and a couple of examples in the Gospels of how there were these instances of resurrections before the cross um, now oftentimes I guess to give a bit of context when we think of the Bible and resurrection we think well when Jesus was raised from the dead and we would be true in doing that but there are these examples of them before uh his ultimate resurrection. And I just wanted to share the memory text by way of, of setting the scene before we go into this. And, and it, it's really, you know, it's an amazing verse. Jesus, in John 11, verse 25 and 26, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe it, David?
1: I believe it with all my heart. Yeah, that's yeah. good.
0: What? Just this is a little off off topic, but uh, as in off script, I should say. What does this text mean to you?
1: Well, it's a fulfillment of the prophecy prophecy of Jesus, I guess, in John chapter five and verse twenty four. Mm-hmm. One of my favourites, and Morgan, you know this.
0: I do. I know where exactly yeah. where you're going.
1: Where Jesus says, if you accept my word and believe on him that sent me, you won't come into condemnation, but you have passed from death to life. The resurrection of Christ is that poignant statement Mm. that he is able to resurrect it to those that he's made the promise to.
0: Mm, mm. I love that. And one thing which... which Sets the, the the context for where we're going in 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 just a moment. Jesus says, "I am," you know, as if to say, "I was, I am right now, and I always will be the one who is able to raise the dead and give life, life eternal."
1: Yeah, it uh, the "I am" is the ego, "I me," mm. the self-existent one. Okay, and. If he has the power to create, he has the power to recreate. Mm, mm. We never need to forget that.
0: It's true. That's true. And so, look, this is this is a good uh, platform to to go from here. And and the first example we want to look at is the resurrection of Moses. Uh, you know, Moses was was this 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 great you know figure of of, of faith and leadership uh, within you know particularly the, the the story of God's people coming out of Egypt and. And it's interesting because uh, some of the early um, Greek church fathers from Alexandria, they argued some points and essentially their argument and, and debate was over that when Moses died, that in fact, two Moseses were seen. Now they go on to say that, well, one was alive. One, Moses number one was alive in the spirit while Moses number two was dead in the body. So Moses number one ascended to heaven with angels. Whereas Moses number two was buried in the earth. Now with what we've looked at in, in, in previous weeks and, and, David, your, your, um, you know, years of, of pastoral, uh, and ministry experience, no doubt see some kind of a, a discrepancy with what the Bible teaches about the, what happens.
1: Absolutely. And
0: unpack that for us. Um,
1: well, let's go back to Genesis. When God breathed into the dirt, man became a living being or a living creature, translated living soul in the old KJV uh, from the Hebrew word nefesh. But if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, where it speaks of the creatures that God created, it says, in them where there is life. And the word life there is translated from nefesh. So if it's talking about some ethereal thing within our bodies, then every creature, the flies, the mosquitoes, the elephants, the giraffes, whatever, all have this ethereal thing within them. Mm. And we know that that's not right. So, you know, just being logical, um, we became a living creature. God gave to them life it's the breath that God gives. It is not something that dwells within us. Mm. It is something that we are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. That's, that's my view.
0: No, that's good. That's good. And so, you know, Deuteronomy 34, uh, you know, by way of reference, it tells us that Moses died at the age of 120, uh, and, and he was buried in a hidden place not too far in the valley of the land of Moab. Uh, but Moses didn't remain in, in the grave for very long. That's right. Resurrected. And there was this contention then over the the body of Moses. Now, what then happens sometime down the track, Jesus is on another mountain. Now, then he takes with him a, a couple of his disciples and then all of a sudden,
1: who's there? Moses and Elijah. So it's not a... Sp- Kind it's, of... No, it was very real. I yeah. mean, the, the men that Jesus took up the hill with him, they were overwhelmed, mm. but they weren't scared of spirit apparitions. He, they stated Moses and Elijah, uh, very real, very flesh. Mm. Uh, so evidence that Moses was resurrected after his death to be there on that Mount of Transfiguration, mm. that particular day.
0: It's remarkable because you know here here is is one of you know the great examples in uh, in in the Old Testament where you know there is an evidence of a resurrection uh, of, of Moses being being resurrected and and he's there as you said at at, at the Mount of Transfiguration, you know. And this this to me. David, when I think about it, these these examples that we're going to look at, and and there's quite a number within the Old Testament that we won't have time to look at today. But to me, it's like they're, they're they it's like they're almost, and I'm going to use another kind of biblical illustration here. It's almost like they're a, a lesser light pointing to the greater light. It's like a you know the the resurrection of of Moses or or, or other instances in the Old Testament. They're all pointing toward Someone who would be the ultimate, who would conquer death. It, it's like it's it's giving God's people hope. It, it's pointing them in the direction of of one who ultimately would come. And as we alluded to earlier, that person, Jesus, came and said, "I am the
1: resurrection and the life." His very being mm. was the power of the resurrection. Mm. We have to understand, Morgan, that the whole Bible is a Jewish book. Yep. And rather than divide it Old Testament, New Testament, I think we should say pre-incarnation and post-incarnation because it's the same God, it's the same spirit, it's the same desire to save human beings. Mm. It's the same desire of God to take people out of the hand of the enemy and the power of the enemy is death, mm. and so God has this tremendous plan that He will take us from that power of death. Just in fact, as He takes us from the power of sickness mm. uh, in sin, as we lie, as we live in light uh, in Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I, I like that distinction about um, you know, or, or we could even say the first and the second testament, or mm. you know, the Hebrew Bible. Yeah, so that's that's good. And you know, the other thought too is that you know this this um you know this this quarter of of lessons that we're looking at is is essentially this great controversy you know motif of what's going on where we're zooming out and seeing the bigger picture of what's going on and and with that in mind satan would have thought that he'd gained the victory there in the garden of eden by you know by bringing adam and eve onto his side and and you know sin coming into the world and, and death and you know just the spiral downhill from there but yet the 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 hope of all of this is that not only the 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 promises and prophecies that that were given but also these instances of of these resurrections you know it's it's it it would be indicating to god's people and it would be no doubt showing the universe that hold on a minute it's it's not all game over you know god god he he's not boxed in like no no, no he's active He's working things out, um, you know, and there are these instances that would show and do show that death won't have the final say. That's right. And I think for us, even though we are on the other side, if you will, living post-resurrection of Jesus, we, we can still, you know, we can still look back but also forward knowing that death won't have the
1: final say. That's right. And and I, I believe that we as Christians, have experienced a resurrection, a resurrection from the power of death mm. to the power of life as God's children. Yeah. That's, that's a resurrection. We've been baptized. We, were, we died to sin. We were buried and we are raised just as Christ was raised. Mm. So we, we have this resurrection power mm. that is in Christ as Christ is in us.
0: Yep. Mm, no, I like that. I like that a lot. Let's go now, David, to um, to the example of the the son of the widow of Nain, and we want to look at this example. and And again, this is it. This is still a resurrection before uh, before the cross. And and so when we look at this example, you know, we consider Jesus, and you know, it speaks in Acts uh, ten verse thirty eight of how Jesus. Went about doing good. He was healing all who were oppressed by the devil, because God was with him. Uh, and and you know this 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 quote I just want to reference from Steps to Christ, and um, it, no doubt it's familiar to some of us. You know there were whole villages where there was not a single moan of sickness in any house, for he had passed through them with and healed all their sick. And his work gave evidence of his divine anointing. And so now Jesus. He he was on, on one particular day and moment, he was with his followers and they were approaching the gates of Nain. And uh what happened, David? What what, what happened here that, that would make this resurrection so perhaps unique and special for us to hold on to?
1: Well, you've got a an open uh casket for want of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um there's a, a lad lying on it. There's a mother grieving. She's lost her future and her livelihood in the death of her only son. Mm-hmm. They didn't have social welfare as we do here in Australia. And so her grief was was deep in the sense that I have lost my son and I've lost my future. Jesus intersects and stuns everybody.
0: Mm-hmm
1: saying, stop, let me do something for you. Essentially, he's saying, do you want your son back? And the, the lady, you know, in her actions, it, it's, it's got to be, of course I do, but. And Jesus takes the but away, reaches down, touches the dead body, which was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> completely anti-Jewish culture, because then Jesus technically was unclean. He did the same thing with lepers, um, and he says to the boy, "Time to get up." Mm. Now, she never made a request for the resurrection. Jesus proposed to her the resurrection of a son. I think that's a little bit different to the other resurrections post mm. uh, Christ that we see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's well said, and you you touched on some things there because this woman you know, again to repeat, is a widow. Yeah. Uh now her son has has died. Um you know, socially it's it's not looking good at all for her. Um but yet, you know, I I, I love the phrase that Jesus said and, and he doesn't say this in a flippant way, but he says it rather with full of compassion, uh and and full of care and mercy and love. He says, do not weep. Now I've often thought, wow, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't go to a funeral and say that, you know, to 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 a grieving family member, but yet Jesus is here, and He knows what's what's going to happen, right? And He's saying, "Do not weep." And as the son came to life, Jesus presented him. The text says in Luke seven, presented him to his mother, and you just try and and visualize that and think what that would have looked like. You know, there's there's this procession of people all around jesus draws near touches this 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 dead person he comes to life and then jesus presents what was dead and what was her hope back to this woman so jesus he restores what was lost he restores where hope was gone and i think this is where david these stories and and these examples of resurrection it, they they kind of go from just nice stories to, to giving us hope today because it's like, oh, hang on a minute, Jesus draws near and there's going to be, and we don't want to go there uh, because we're looking at that in future weeks, but there's going to come a time where Jesus will present loved ones back to family members. And so it's this real sense of, you know, reunifying that's happening here. You know, death doesn't have the final say for this, this widow. Um.
1: It's, it's, in a sense, though it's very real, Sure, it's very parabolic. Mm. And, um, you know, as you're saying, we will have that experience um, in the Advent, mm, which mm. is a beautiful thing. But the interesting thing is here, she did not know who Jesus was. The stranger comes mm. and gives her an instruction in compassion, yes. And then does something for her that nobody else can do. Mm. The best that the humans could do was put him in the casket and take him for burial. Yeah. Jesus, the best he can do is take him off the casket and give him back to his mum alive. Mm. And and that's the whole plan of God, isn't it? He wants to take that which is bound in death and give it back to life. Mm,
0: mm. That's great. And and you touched on it too, but you know, just to repeat it. That God cares for us even when we're unable or feel unworthy to to, to come to Him and ask, and and you pointed at at that really well because you know there were other examples where where there was the the request, if you will, but yet here the, the that isn't there. Um, let's let's look at Lazarus. Um, you know we want to look at Lazarus, and you know perhaps one of the the greatest examples. Uh, you know, aside from Jesus, of resurrection in in, in the Bible and particularly, you know, pre-cross, before the cross. And Lazarus was, you know, this story presents a lot to us. You know, it it, it teaches teaches us about, you know, the nature of of a person in death. Um, But it also teaches us about how God is going to make right what death has disrupted and and so let's let's firstly, David, just discuss briefly about how um, Jesus defines death.
1: Well, in John eleven, of course, the the message comes to Jesus that his mate, his yeah. friend, yeah. is sick. He's he knows this family very very well, and the message comes, and Jesus does nothing about it, and that stuns the disciples. And the sisters, in actual fact. Mm. And uh, when Jesus says, well, let's go now, guys. I'll go and wake Lazarus out of sleep. Universally, people know that if you are sick and you have a good sleep or a good rest, that it's conducive to healing. Mm -hmm. And the disciples were no different. Oh, great. Great. You know, he's he's asleep and Jesus is going to wake him up. And then Jesus very, very plainly says, Lazarus is dead, (laughs) but I go to wake him from the sleep, the sleep of death. (laughs) Now, Lazarus had probably been dead five days. He'd been four days in the tomb. And in those climates where they didn't have morgues and fridges and chemicals, you bury very quickly. Same in the Pacific today. Somebody dies, generally speaking, that day or the very next day, uh, they're buried. And so Lazarus has been dead five days. The other examples of resurrection are pretty immediate. Mm-hmm. We do have nine yep, uh, and the Zarephath and the boy on the briar, all pretty. But Lazarus has started to degenerate. His internal organs have, have gone through failure now. And uh, to bring somebody back from five days dead, four days buried, takes away the, the thought that anybody could say, oh, well, he was just asleep and they made a mistake. He's buried. He's wrapped up in the grave clothes. He's been anointed. The people who did that knew... Do you know the interesting thing here Morgan for me is the best that the humans could do was wrap him up and bury him. The best that Jesus could do is to get him unwrapped and give him life.
0: Mm. It's powerful. Yeah, wow.
1: absolutely incredible. I am the resurrection and the life. Mm. What a beautiful thing.
0: And yeah, you, you said that so well, David. Because here it would appear on first reading of John eleven. And and even if you were a bystander to, to the situation, um, you would think that Jesus is being extremely inconsiderate for the fact that all of a sudden he's not rushing straight there, but there's this almost calm, poised, dare I say, spiritual kind of control of what's going on, knowing that Jesus knows the end from the beginning, knowing that Jesus is, is going to, in, in just moments to come, be there at the tomb and and raise Lazarus.
1: Yeah. Well, as, as he said to Martha, this is for God's glory. Yeah. And, you know, people could accuse him of, oh, well, they were just asleep and he gave him a shake and they woke up. But you don't do that with somebody who's been dead and buried four days. mm uh, and so Jesus is really saying, "I am now demonstrating my creative and recreative power. Mm. I am the I am. I can do it. No one else can. But I'm going to do it to the glory of God. Mm. And uh, that's why I've waited. Mm. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a um, <laughs> inconsiderate, as you say. Uh, it was." It was to the greater glory of God that He had been in the tomb four days. Mm. And you know, David, for
0: for us, um, you know, whether it's you and your family, you know, myself or my family, and, and for our listeners as well, you know, we we've all experienced death in one form or another. Um, it just depends how how far a degree removed from us. Whether it's you know immediate family, extended family, friends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there can be well, there can be moments where we think that person was too young to die or, or, or that situation. Like it just, you know, we, we, we know of these situations and, you know, even even someone who has who, who who passed to, to their death at, at an old age, you know, death, it is still this very unnatural thing. Like it, it's, not, it's not normal. It was never a part of God's plan. It was a disruption. Uh, it, it came in by the enemy. And therefore, when we are faced with death and in, in these situations, we can kind of ask essentially the question, "Why God? And why don't you, you? You know, you've 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 clearly shown the power to raise these people already. Why can't you raise this person?" And I, I guess we could look at it this way. And, and Jesus alludes to this towards the tail end of John eleven, and it's this. It's that Jesus doesn't work micro miracles all the time, but rather one day he will work a major miracle and all the dead who have died believing the promise, all those who have died in Christ will be raised from the dead. And so then it puts things into perspective to think, well, no, God still does care and God still will ultimately conquer and defeat remove and eradicate death from from our experience. Yeah. And so I think that that that's something we need to hold um in our thoughts as well is that you know this this example of Lazarus as you said it wasn't an immediate resurrection. It there was time. And and for us we have to wait that time out. And so there's there's a sense of you know holding on to this promise as he with Lazarus that that not only does God's word create life but you mentioned it earlier God's word can also recreate life that's true and and we can hold on to this promise that Jesus says I am the resurrection and the life
1: and the weight is to God's glory as Peter writes God's not slack about his promises but he He's patient he just wants another one and another one and another mm. one in his kingdom. And I, I think in waiting for Lazarus, he's teaching us that it doesn't matter how long we've been in the grave, no matter how long we have been dead, his power, his hand is not short to resurrect. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you could from the other miracles uh, of Moses, we don't know how long Moses was in the grave, but the others hadn't got there yet, the other three examples that we were looking at, uh, they hadn't got to the grave. Mm. They were immediate. And so God is demonstrating something to us here. Time doesn't matter in the sleep of death because, as Paul says, the last enemy to be conquered is death. Mm. And God will do that in his time and in his way in the glory of the Advent. Mm. And that's the hope. Yeah you and i morgan and others listening have that no matter how long we sleep it's just the passing of a moment mm. it's like going into theater and getting an anesthetic and you wake up and you say oh have they done it yet oh yeah <laughs> you know
0: it's been 6 the, hours or 10 yeah, hours or the operation's yeah. over mate you know mm.
1: and and that's that's the sleep of death mm. and uh, god is there and god is in it and god marks the place God knows His children, mm. and He will call them back with the, as the Scripture says, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. Mm. The dead in Christ will rise.
0: Yeah, it's it's true. And look, it's it's very hard on a, on a topic as we kind of bring things to a close. It's very hard on a topic like this to to not go. Post resurrection of Jesus, like we're, you know, we're trying and, and I think we've done a pretty good job, David, of staying uh, true and accurate to uh, resurrections before the cross. But ultimately, you know, we 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 know where the Bible's going with all this, and and that is that, essentially, those who have died in Christ will ultimately be raised. and And I want to just share this as we come to a close. In Christ is life, original unborrowed, underived, And the promise of 1 John 5, 12 is so simple. He who has the son has life.
1: Amen to that.
0: And so with, with that note, David really want to thank you for, for joining us on this week's episode. It's been, yeah, good to to discuss and, and unpack. Um, yeah. The gospel truth in, in this regard as well. So for our listeners, um, Yeah, thank you for joining us as well. And um, as we continue this journey through this quarter, uh, we we hope that you will continue to see and find hope within the gospel story. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like the conversation, tell your friends. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you are listening right now. Sabbath School Quarterly Commentary is a production of the Sabbath School Department of the North New South Wales Conference. This week's episode was produced by Henrique Felix and Morgan Vincent. That's it. We'll see you next week.